Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp, and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart, and talented leaders, CEOs, and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I want to know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom, and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Happy Wednesday. Greetings. If you missed out, please drop in where you are in the world and maybe what the weather's like because we are having a rainy, gloomy, very Batman Gotham day here in New York City. So I'm curious what it's like where you are. But regardless, happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining me. I feel like we have so many great people, Richard and Jen and Robert and Andrew. And uh, it's just, it's going to be so much fun today. I'm really excited. And more excited than anything for our guest this week. And I know I say that every week, but I feel like this week is especially true because a couple weeks ago, I posted on LinkedIn, basically just admitting what a hard time this has been for, for me, for people that I know, uh, the work-life balance, the working from home, the juggling the kids, the all the things. It's just been a little rough. And I sort of opened up and admitted that. And I was shocked by how many messages, uh, comments, personal texts that I was getting from people saying, me too. Uh, I am also having a hard time. That to me was a real aha moment of, okay, we're not alone in this. We, we all need some help to get through these very unusual, (laughs) hard times that we find ourselves in and the length. I don't think any of us would have guessed back in March that we'd be sitting here almost at Halloween, continuing to talk about the crazy times that we're having. So if you are like me and you were like, whoa, this, this whole thing is a little much, then you're in the right place because I am really excited today that Gemma Lee Roberts is going to be joining us. If you don't know about Gemma, please stalk her as usual, my usual spiel spiel of, you know, click on the link, drop it in the comments, do your own research, do your own Google stalking. But a little highlight reel of all things is that she is an amazing clinical psychologist who focuses all of her studies and all of her learning specifically on resilience, something we all need, and emotional intelligence. She has right now one of the most watched courses on LinkedIn learning. She's in the top 20 for the entire year. Hundreds of thousands of people have viewed her learnings on resilience. And so she also has a newsletter called Mindset Matters that has over 110,000 subscribers that hear from her every single month. Again, all about this resilience mindset, something that we all so desperately are, are looking for and kind of finally admitting to ourselves and others. So I'm really excited for you to meet her today. Please help me welcome my friend. Hello. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. Amazing. You can see it's nighttime. Well, not nighttime, but kind of afternoon, late afternoon where I am. Well, then you can have a non-caffeinated tea and I will have all the caffeine for us. (laughs) Believe me, I had all the caffeine today. I was like, should I squeeze another one in? I was like, it's probably not wise before bed. It's it's always okay to squeeze one more in. That's at least what I go with. I don't know about you, but thank you so much for joining. I'm so excited to see you. It's amazing. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm hoping we've got some good questions about resilience and what it is and how to build resilience and why it's so important right now. Um, 
A hundred percent. And again, everyone hopefully did their own Google stocking and their own homework, but just in case there were some latecomers, I'm curious, you know, and I did some Googling as well. If you Google just the word resilience, you hear a lot of different definitions. You know, Wikipedia says something different. So I'm just curious for you and, you know, your practice and your outlook, how do you define resilience? And it's that, that's actually a really good point because there's actually no standard definition for resilience. So different people will take it different ways. So um, in published research, there there's kind of rough definitions that are, that are the same. So the idea is that if you are resilient, you're able to deal with challenges um, that might knock you off course, learn how to navigate those challenges and get back on track again whilst learning something from the situation. So the idea is there are no wasted experiences. So even though it might be quite tricky when you're going through something and navigating something that can be a massive challenge, if you can learn from that situation, it's going to help you to be more resilient in the future. So it really is about facing challenges, um, learning strategies, tools, tips, that kind of stuff to deal with those challenges in the best way that works for you because that's the other thing about resilience it's very personal um, and it's also very dynamic so we're not born with a set amount of resilience <laughs> it's so you can see why it's a minefield trying to yeah, figure out because no. I have to like I have to really think about this even though it's my area of work um so the idea is that you can we all have probably natural tendencies of how, depending, which will say how resilient we are naturally, but we can all learn techniques that can help us to be more resilient. And it's not only, your resilience isn't only dictated by you as an individual, but it's also mm -hmm. on what's going on around you in your environment and what your relationships are like around you as well. So there's a lot to navigate. So it's probably something that we need to work on kind of in the background fairly frequently learn like practicing these strategies so I can I can see why it's quite tricky figuring out what resilience is well and not only that I mean it kind of you you sort of answered Jen's question of you know is building resilience different than having resilience and it sounds like we're born with maybe a little bit of it but then mm -hmm. we have to work on it to grow. I kind of think about it for me, my own sort of definition is it's sort of like a muscle. Like we're all mm -hmm. born with muscles, but you can either be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like bodybuilder, giant muscles, mm -hmm. or you can be maybe like me, which is like a little <laughs> softer. So like, you know, you are like the decider of how much you're going to build up this muscle. It's so true. And there's, there's, so it's not a personality trait. So things like hardiness, for example, are personality traits. So that's something we can generally say people have or don't have. Um, mm -hmm. but it's not. So, but your personality is part of it. So your personality is part of it. Your natural tendencies are part of it. Um, but like you said, it, it's all about working on it and you can build that muscle. But do you know what the really quite challenging thing about resilience is? You can't become more resilient unless you face challenges. So lots of people I work with want to become more resilient, but obviously don't want that uncomfortable situation of dealing with really hard situations, but you can't become more resilient unless you deal with those situations. So it's another part, complex part of resilience. Again, kind of like working out. I yeah. want to look like Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't want to do the work to look like Gwyneth Paltrow. Two very different things. The you know, you're like, I don't know, but you're like, I mean, I guess then that sort of leads me into a question of, you know, resilience is, is, is there in work and life, but I feel like right now, especially during COVID, it's so prevalent in work. Like, you know, in life you always go through hard moments, but I guess for the most part, maybe I got lucky and work was pretty, I don't know, like average headache for most people. But now this year it's been like, you know, I feel like I'm in a, a rocky ship. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's something that was already a bit of a hot topic in the world of work because resilience not only relates to coping with challenges, but there's a whole other part of it. So it's kind of on a, on a scale. So if you're more resilient, yes, you can deal with challenges effectively, 
But also, um, even if you're kind of not really dealing with too many challenges, it can help you to really boost your performance. So that kind of performance enhancing bit has been a hot topic for a while because, you know, things were going well for lots of people at work. And um, we were thinking about high performance and how to create that. Um, so there are two ends of the scale when it comes to resilience. So, but I think you're right in that it has become so much more important. Like my working world has been so busy because I don't, I genuinely don't think there are many people on the planet who who haven't had to think about their resilience and how they're coping with challenges in the last six months, whether that be to do with work life, home life, um, a mixture of both probably, or the mixing of the both might be where you need the resilience. Um, so it's a really, really important topic. And I think it's only going to become more important that we work on it going forward. And is it possible? Okay. So I feel like obviously we can read books, which I just saw um, Whitney's note, you know, she wants the book recommendations, which hopefully you'll give us or podcasts or whatever. And I feel like, you know, I'm much more able to do that again when the sea is calm. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, let me just pick up a book and give it a read. But when I'm in the storm, when I'm in the chaos, you know, mm -hmm. is it possible to build resilience while you're going through a really challenging time? Or, or is it kind of surviving and then building once things have calmed down? It's very individual for everyone. Okay. So it will depend where you are, what's going on, what kind of person you are. So that's why it can be quite tricky. So the best, so I would say the best time to think about building your resilience is before you even need it. So again, you use this analogy, I think today about when you're an athlete and you're training, you don't start your training the day you start racing. You've trained way before that race. You know how to approach that challenge and that kind of obstacle of that race. Yeah. But the thing is, in life, it doesn't work like that because we don't know when challenges are going to pop up. I mean, who predicted a pandemic? Like, obviously no one. Um, exactly, definitely not me. And even if it first happened, I was like, oh, we'll be over this in a month or so. Give it a couple of months. We'll, you know, things will be back the way they were, um, which obviously is not the case. Um, so I think you have to be practical about it. And when things are really tough and you've got those massive obstacles going on at that time it is a bit about survival and it is a bit about using some tools techniques strategies that are going to help you right now so it's an actually really it's actually, it's actually a really interesting point i've just filmed a um 10 days of resilience series um which hopefully will be out in the next month or so so it's going to be free to access and it's literally mm -hmm. 10 different tools or strategies exercises to try that can help you to boost your resilience now why there are 10 to try and you're not going to like them all anyone that does this they're not going to work for everyone and they're not going to work in every situation but the idea is it gives you somewhere to go mm -hmm. to, to test things in different situations so for example i know if um i know that if there's too much going on at once i have to really focus on resting and recharging which is part of resilience and yet there might be other times where there's a certain amount of pressure, but not too much. And I'm really focusing on kind of like pushing through, keep going and, and building on that momentum. So part of it's learning the language of resilience, what it is, what it isn't. Um, and part of it's testing stuff, testing what works in different situations. And it's tricky because there's no um, there's no set formula. There's, there's no set formula for a situation. There's no set formula for a person. Um, because it all depends on that dynamic stuff, like what's going on with you, what's going on in your environment. Um, so it's really important to kind of check in with yourself regularly and see where you are and perhaps like take a little step back, look at some of those strategies, think, okay, I can commit to that at the moment, or that's what I'm going to focus just to get me through the next couple of months. Right. And then uh, right, that high performance end, because you're in that coping end, like that more survival end of resilience trying to get through that and then you can think okay how can I now take maybe some other tools um, and, and push the performance when you're feeling a bit more online with your resilience it's complicated and I yeah. know you know when you're in the middle of a something major going on the last thing you want to do is pick up a book what you really want to do is speak to someone who says right do this but that doesn't necessarily translate in the resilience world so there's a bit of this I'm trying to create mm -hmm. like easily accessible yeah 
things to try, but it, it does take a bit of trial and error. If while we're waiting for the 10 day, 10 thing challenge to come out in the next couple of weeks, is there something that you would recommend that we could look at like this afternoon or this weekend, if it's an article or a podcast or a newsletter? That's such a good question. It is such a minefield. If anyone yeah. like anyone that's been thinking about their resilience, and that's another part of the issue. And that's another reason I'm trying to create really simple exercises and tools that people can access in a really, because the other thing you've got to remember is psychological research, that's where you want your information to come from. So it's been tried, it's tested, right. um, it's valid, we know it works in different situations. But that stuff can be quite dry and, and quite inaccessible. Um, yeah. Even more, like I read papers and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to read that again, like go back through it again. Um, and I know the topic. So, yeah it's really hard to find resources which are uh, kind of scientifically robust, um, but also are easy to apply, easy to understand and accessible, because I struggle with that, and I'm a psychologist. Um, so in terms of places to go, definitely, there's definitely um, articles in my Mindset Matters series. Um, there's definitely one on resilience in there, so that could be a good place to start. Um, there i will post on instagram later a book probably the most useful book that i have been reading on resilience it's called micro resilience and i can't remember the exact title so that's why i'll post it there um but it's really tricky and that's kind of what i'm trying to create and fill that gap well, and I love it. I love the idea of, you know, whether it's an article or a book or like this 10 day challenge, I think is going to be amazing because not only selfishly for myself, but, you know, Lucia brings up a really great point. If we have friends, if we have a colleague, if we have a child, if we, you know, there could be other people in our life that we know are struggling. And, mm -hmm. and so to be able to say, you know, hi mom or, or hi sister or hi cousin or coworker or whatever. I know you're going through a hard time too. And like, here's something or like this helped me, you know, is that, is it possible to help someone else in that way? Or is it kind of like, again, every, it's a choose your own adventure and everyone has their own adventure to go on. A bit of both. Um, so we obviously can't change anyone else. All we can do is offer help and advice. And I think it's a really nice way of coming at it if it's mm -hmm. something that works for you that you can recommend to someone else. I think, and again, you know, I talk about intention so much, but I think when the intention is to help people or give them a range of things, like this is something that worked for me, this is some other stuff that's out there, um, but we can't make other people more resilient because I'll be really honest with you, it does take a little bit of work. I'm not saying tons and tons of work, by the way, it shouldn't be too scary. Um, but it does take a little bit of effort and you have to be in the right frame of mind and in the right mindset to mm -hmm. actually want to work on this and put some of that stuff into practice. So, um, but the only thing I would say, so you can't, I wouldn't necessarily say you can force anyone else to do it, but you can lead by example. I mean, how many times, right. have, you know, someone, you've had someone around you think, oh, they've got something different about them going on or there's something mm -hmm. interesting about that person and the way they interact or think about things. And, Sometimes it would inspire you to kind of understand a bit more about what's going on. So I think we can definitely role model that, particularly in a, probably in a family situation as well. And it's so, and you mentioned kids as well. It's so important, so, so, so important to help children develop resilience, like learn how to face challenges and understand that the only way you're going to get we're going to grow develop get better what we do is by overcoming challenges and it doesn't mean we, we you can't really engineer them necessarily um although maybe you can to some extent that's what Richard Branson's mum used to do used to send him on long bike rides apparently with a packed lunch he didn't come back all day and it gave him that sense of adventure and figuring stuff out so um I think we definitely can help others but just also be aware like just know when to take a step back and let people find their own way as well. Well, and I think it's important, again, I don't have kids, full disclosure, I know probably if you have kids, maybe drop it in so so we can see if you have kids or not, but I, I will venture, I will tiptoe into this subject because I'm sure there'll be many comments of like, well, you don't have kids, so you don't know. Well, um, I do, I, I can help you on that. 
but my friends that have kids, you know, there's always this weight of, you know, you protect, you don't want your kids to go through hard times and challenges. So there's like that, like, oh, let's put them in a bubble in yep. a closet and like protect them forever. But then to your earlier point, you have to go through the hard times to get the resilience. There's no like free lunch, so to speak. Totally not. So, so hard. You it's like have to put them through hard times. I know. And it is such a, so I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So the one-year-old is not obviously there's, I, I don't really have to think too much about resilience at the moment, but the three-year-old I do. Um, and you know, she's, she's fairly sensitive and, changes can be a bit tricky and I'm trying to kind of have a really good balance of helping her as much as I can making her feel comfortable and safe but also helping her to understand that it's a challenge and she'll overcome it she's she's got the resources within her to figure this out and I'll help her along the way but oh my goodness it's so tough because your initial reaction is to kind of scoop them up and be like oh I don't want anything bad to happen ever and the thought of like someone breaking one of their hearts I think about sometimes <laughs> I mean, my heart will break when that happens. Um, but, you know, it's happened to all of us. And that's part of growing, developing, overcoming some of this stuff, learning from it as well. So it's really tough, really tough. I mean, the, the thing that I, again, I don't have kids, but I, this, the only thing I can really compare it to is like a team, you know, whether mm -hmm. that's a sports team that you're on, if you're still in school or whether that's a corporate team, if, if you're in the workplace. And so you know, is there a way or is it possible to improve like a team's resilience or, or again, is it more like lead by example, you can only be in charge of you? So definitely there's leading by example. So I do a lot of work around kind of leadership resilience as well. And that's actually the area that my doctorate research is in as well, but it touches on that team part as well. So helping their teams to be resilient. And there's definitely a big part about role modeling, leading by example, for sure. Um, but also, if you're leading a team and you want them to become more resilient, they have to have a bit of challenge and they have to have a bit of pressure. And some of it is about changing the culture a little bit or changing the way you think about leading your team in that letting them make mistakes. I mean, I'm not talking massive, you know, bring the company down kind of failures. I'm talking about, you know, things, especially at the moment, there's so much new stuff we're trying to navigate and we don't have all, all the answers none of us have all the answers where we are right now we're all winging it a little bit and i think letting people have that freedom to try things test things see what works see what doesn't work i know there can sometimes be big you don't necessarily want to do with things that have big implications but you want to create a culture where people feel like they can learn from themselves they can make mistakes as long as they talk about it they're open about it um they're developing from it and, and also as a byproduct you're going to have a really innovative innovation and um, organization as well not just resilient because that's how we make progress that's how we get to the next thing that's how we um learn from you know the, the 20 things we tried that didn't necessarily work the 21st thing might be the thing that actually that's that's it. yeah and you do a lot of these, you know, trainings in the workplace. I wanted to make a note of that as well, because, you know, some people might think, oh, well, she just does one-on-ones. Like, no, it, no. it's a lot of, of corporate stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I've, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, but obviously, it's, it's way more busy now than it's ever been. So I work with teams. I work with individuals um, and organizations. I do do um, some one-to-one -one work as well. Um but yeah, like the whole spectrum. So anything to do with resilience, it can be kind of big events or it can be um, kind of small workshops or um, like organizational change stuff to build resilience into there. So I think I kind of have looked at it from all angles. Yeah. Um, I'm curious for, I'm curious for everybody else, like, you know, Dan and Nick and, and Jen, who's with us, if you feel like there's a need for more resilience in the workplace because I know for me personally, if I like looking at the companies and how they've handled COVID and the chaos, I think we were woefully unprepared. That's just me. I think that the corporate landscape was about ping pong tables and cupcakes in the conference room and happy hours and not so much maybe about the, the hard stuff. The, the growing, the personal development. And so I think it's going to take people in 
corporate landscape and leadership positions to really put this type of work forward and say, yeah, it would be nice to spend the X amount of money in the budget to, I don't know, send everybody a care package, but instead we should hire somebody on to train on this very important topic. I mean, I don't know if everybody else is also seeing that, but that's just something that Jen says, yes, but that's just something that I feel like has been so prevalent or, or revealed during this time. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think we, because it's something we've never experienced before on a global scale like this and to this extent, I think that in some sense, maybe we couldn't be prepared. I mean, I think we probably could have been working on resilience a little bit more prior to this. I think it was viewed as a nice to have rather than a really important skill mindset that we're all going to need at some point. And I think you're right. I think the the focus was on the fun stuff and, um, you know, great food in the restaurant, happy hour, like slides in the office, team stuff, like all great stuff. But is that actually helping people perform better? It might make them do it happier sometimes, but does it help them perform better? Does it help them cope better with challenges? Um, is it about high performance? Probably not. And I think we were starting, particularly in the UK, we were starting to see a bit more focus on flexibility at work um, as a bit of a benefit for some in some organisations, whereas now it's just becoming obviously standard, otherwise no one would be able to work um, or wouldn't have been at some point over the last six months. It had to happen for everyone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I think also it's, it's brought the whole person into work a lot more. So, you know, we've all been on Zoom calls where we've seen someone's family behind them or uh, a pile of washing or, you know, some people are in their bedroom on Zoom calls because we haven't got any other space. We've never needed it. You know, living in apartments in the city and all of a sudden we're inside all the time. Um, so I think there's this much more focus on, on the whole person rather than just work benefits or work persona. And I think that in itself, you need a bit of resilience around that as well. Oh, we're, we're living at work and also working from home. Like both ways, it's, it's both ways on the spectrum. And so it, I think it's been really hard in, you know, if we if we realize we need support, like, OK, we we realize ding, 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 you know, support is needed, whether, you know, at work or at home. Like, how do you recommend that people ask for that or or call out for that, I guess? I think some of it is about common language. And, you know, we everyone is talking about resilience now. We never had this opportunity before. You know, if, if you work in an organization where it wasn't necessarily a hot topic, and you were starting to talk about this and we need to think about resilience and it's something I think is really important for the team, it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. But I think now, probably will. So if it's something that you're interested in or something you think you need to work on, I think it's the perfect time to have those conversations at work and talk about how we can create resilient teams, resilient cultures, resilient leaders, resilient um, people, basically. Um, and it's not just, you know, I talk a lot about psychological resilience, but we need to think about resilience in general. How 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 are companies going to survive if we go through this again? And I think it's such an important topic now. If it's if anyone listening to this at any point thinks this is something that they would want to focus on at work, I think now is the perfect time to speak to your manager or if you are the manager or the leader to think about how you can implement some of this for your teams. Um, obviously, you know, big organizations, HR departments, L&D departments. Um, but ultimately, it does start with you as well. And again, you know, when these free tools are available, it can be something you share with your colleagues. And and I think that's also because my background, I'm a organizational psychologist, I'm a business psychologist. And obviously, resilience touches on all parts of our lives. But I think because it's kind of comes from that organizational psychology world, it makes it very professional I guess and you can have use that to have conversations at work when in reality you're probably having conversations about all kinds of resilience things not just work um but at least it kind of I think there's a comfort level there in that it comes from business psychology world uh, oh a hundred percent and again you're a clinical psychologist like this is what you do 
all day, every day. It's like, we're having a free therapy session, everybody <laughs> right now. And, you know, which kind of leads me into this amazing question from Abby, which is about if you're trying to build resilience, either with your family or your coworkers or your team or your workplace, how big of a, a concept or an issue is trust, you know, as you start to, is it possible to build resilience with trust, without trust? How do you navigate that? Um, I think it is harder, but not just building resilience. I think there's a lot that's harder when there's not a huge amount of trust in the organization because part of kind of openly building your resilience is about being vulnerable and talking about things that are challenging and being able to test different things, potentially make some mistakes along the way, which at some point could or probably will turn in something that's really positive. Um, so I think that's really hard. I think I, th I think they're kind of separate issues. I think if you if you if you have high trust in an organization, it's much easier to work on this collectively. So it might be something that you want to think about for yourself as an individual. You may not want to share your resilience journey because it's really personal. Like anything to do with psychology, it's about you as an individual, and you need to have that kind of psychological safety to share some of this um, in a in a meaningful way. So. I think the first thing to think about, I mean, it's not always in your power, I know that. Yeah. Um, but I think the first part of that is the trust part. And I think that's potentially a bigger issue than thinking about resilience collectively, because you can always do that yourself as well. So that trust bit's the hard bit, I think. Well, and I've even found just like my own personal sharing journey with trust, it was you know, I'll give an example, but like the very simple question of how are you, right? I would constantly lie when people would say, how are you? I'd be like, it's fine. It's good, whatever. And just lately, I'm talking like the last month, maybe month and a half, I've started to be brutally honest, basically, and like stand in my truth, whether that's at work, whether that's in my personal life. And I mean, I've been joking about this Jake Tapper quote. Um, he was talking about our debate and our election. And he was commenting, saying, you know, that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck. And when people either at work or, you know, in life have been asking, like, how are you? How's it going? I say that quote. I'm like, it's a dumpster fire. And it's kind of meant to be funny, but it's also... I was sick of saying it's fine mm -hmm. or th things are fine or things are good. That sort of automatic like auto answer that, that we all do. And I'm curious, like how honest are you when people ask that question? Do you recommend that people are honest when they're asked that question? I think this comes back. If we think about building a resilience culture in an organization or in a team, it's obviously always up to you and how comfortable you feel answering questions like that and how much you want to disclose. And I talk about this a lot um, when I talk about like authentic leadership. It's yes, you want to be yourself and you want to be honest, but you also need to be comfortable as well. It's okay to be a bit uncomfortable, to push yourself outside your comfort zone, but you don't want to put yourself somewhere where you feel completely vulnerable um, and you don't have to yeah. get back from that. So um, it is very personal. I would like to see... I'd like to see people being a bit more honest about this stuff. Um, I certainly try to. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't always tell everyone exactly what's going on, but no, I, no, try, no. I try. Yeah, I mean, I do my list of things that happen today. Um, we'll be here for the rest of the um, rest of the session. Um, but I think it's really important to be a bit more honest. And also, I would really like to see when it comes to resilience. I would really like to see people being a bit more honest about failures and mistakes in real time because we're very good at talking about this stuff when it's happened in the past so we'll be like oh well, this is how I got here and it all started like this and it was a bit of a mess and it was a everything went wrong and um, and obviously I'll be very flippant here but I, I I can you know give you tons of stories of this kind of stuff like in my life even um but at the time no one necessarily people don't necessarily know that and we're not necessarily and also we have to disclose it to everyone. But again, if someone's asking you, how's it actually going or what's new or I really would like to see people kind of being a bit more honest if things aren't going 
amazingly well because then it gives other people the freedom to talk about that as well and it is part of resilience it's part of dealing with challenges we 100% don't always get it right no one does ever and I think you know I'd say 70% of the time I don't know what I'm doing and I I'm asked to do something I'm like I'll figure it out as I go but but genuinely I probably don't know what I'm doing and but again we I think I think kind of old school working lives corporate lives we've kind of had a bit of a front about we've got to look competent we've got to make sure that everyone knows that we're the best at our jobs in case we want to get promoted at some point or if we think about performance reviews I can't disclose anything that hasn't gone so well and I think we need to change that that kind of thinking and and that communication as well and I think it it does come back to people saying how are you and and being honest and I mean you, you know you don't have to disclose everything from you know fight with a cat or dog in the morning and you know whatever um but you can say actually it's quite tough at the moment or I, I feel like I'm just hanging in there and it's just right so much going on it's brief like it can just be that sentence like I'm hanging in yeah you know like that's simple but it still conveys like things are not unicorns and mm-hmm. sunshine and rainbows because mm-hmm. real talk they're not <laughs> Yeah. So we should address that a little totally. bit. I 100% agree. And I'd like to see more of that, particularly in organizations and teams in sports stuff as well. You know, talking about stuff that didn't go so well <laughs> is really important. That's what we learn from. Well, and I feel like it's also, to me, resilience also represents leaning into the uncomfortable and like leaning into the unknown. And, you know, something that people might not know about you as you know, we talk about leading into the unknown is you just started the resilience edge in mm-hmm. March, which mm-hmm. I think arguably if you would have told anyone, Hey, I'm going to start this new thing at the start of a pandemic, they'd be like, are you insane? Like, don't do that. Cancel. And instead you flip that advice and you're like, no, I'm pressing the gas and I'm going forward at like a hundred miles an hour. And so I'm curious, you know, what would you say to somebody else who has had to change their plans or or their plans have shifted like you know who maybe you're thinking about just hitting the gas like you did I think you've got two ways of looking at it when things happen and what I don't want to do is be like overly optimistic when because you know like we sometimes come across stuff particularly in the psychology world where you know everything can be an opportunity and every challenge can every problem can be a puzzle and, and there is an element of that when it comes to it and you do choose the way you look at things and you can train yourself to see opportunities and be a bit more like okay this is a little bit worrying but is there anything I can do in this situation that is actually going to be a positive or a good thing so it's something called realistic optimism which is what I talk about a lot so it's having an optimistic view but having some realism in there as well. So, you know, starting a new business, if I was like, right, I'm going to turn over a million dollars my first year, probably not going to happen. But, and also it's not really that useful because what's like, that? that's just not real. Like, oh yeah, I know it probably can be for some people, but generally that's just not real. But actually thinking about, okay, this is a bit, so I was thinking this is a really challenging situation. Resilience is really important. And I've got to do something. There was so much, so much stuff being pumped out there that wasn't accurate or wasn't scientifically based. Or, and I was like, this is just not going to help people. And I'm probably, I had to move my timelines forward for about a year. Um, but I was like, I can help. I think that's the other thing as well. It's an intention thing. My intention mm. is to help. I haven't even thought massively about how the business is going to evolve or what it's going to turn into. My intention right now is to help as many people as possible because there are some things that we can do and we're, we're all kind of collectively globally going through a really really challenging time and I think so people thinking about they've had to flip very quickly and whether to do that or not of course you've got to weigh up the risks and again that comes back to that realistic optimism you know is it the right time what are the investments like what are the risks what are the trade-offs all of that stuff um but also when we do hit hard times or or big events happen, there are sometimes opportunities. And I, I often think about that, you know, there are companies, Zoom, for example, there are companies that are thriving right now because of the pandemic. And I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting 
we try and chase that, we try and replicate it. But just having that mindset that actually sometimes there are opportunities or sometimes people might change their roles slightly or the flexibility at work might become more important. But on the flip side, there will be some people that there's there's no way to make this positive. It has just been a really horrendous time um, for you know health reasons, financial. And that's where you can be really careful with resilience, I think, in that you can't you know, give someone a booklet and say, I know it's really hard and you've lost your livelihood and you might be really ill or know someone that's been really ill, but it's okay. Like this manual is going to help. That's not, that's not the time to be thinking about that stuff. So right. I think, you know, it depends on the level of risk, but, you, but honestly, I have over the years kind of trained myself to look at things in a way where I might feel something really quickly and be like, oh, okay. Um, but kind of take a step back and be like, okay, take a breath take a bit of time doesn't have to be immediate what can I do with what can I do with this situation sometimes you can do nothing and sometimes that's the way it is and you have to help you have to try and help yourself get through it um but sometimes there are things you can do and I think that like I think starting the resilience edge is probably a good example of that because I was like what can I do in this situation I was like it's gonna be massively uncomfortable I'm not ready for this but I can help I think so yeah I just had to find a way to push it but yeah it has been very very big and the thing is resilience edge kind of was there in the background un under other guises it just right. as it is now um but yeah it's 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 um there's it's been a bit of a ride for sure and i'm sure it's a little bit of both it's 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 you saying i know a lot scientifically about Ooh. this subject i am trained i am studied you know all the things and i feel like i can go out there and help and I have to believe you were getting a ton of inbound requests. I mean, God knows I reached out to you. And again, I mentioned it earlier, but for anybody that doesn't know, um, top 20, top 10 or top 20? Uh, 10, yeah. So it's in the top 10. 10. It's a top 20 list, yeah. Top 20, yeah, she's in the top 10, but most watched LinkedIn learning course mm -hmm. like of the year about this subject. So I got to believe it's internally, I have something to add that is helpful, but also there's got to be a lot of external draw of people saying we need more on, on this subject. Definitely. hundred percent. And it's been so, so busy with people getting contact and, you know, whether it be individuals or organizations and trying to pull things together that are going to going to be able to help on, on quite a big scale as well. So it's been like a massive challenge. It's a very different way of working. Um, it has been a very different way of working for me. Um, but again, it, it, you know, I go back to that weighing up the risks at the start. That was one of the considerations. Like I know the topic inside out. It's my doctorate area. Um, so I know the research. It's um, an area I already work in and I already um, have clients that I work with on, on the topic. LinkedIn learning courses on the topic people are asking me for it. So I was like, actually, it kind of, it does make sense. And it's that realistic optimism again. So it's a bit of realism that I was like, okay, when I factor all of that in, yes, it's majorly uncomfortable. Um, I hate not, I hate not having a plan. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I've got to go with it because it does make sense on paper. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have to try it. And I also take it at my pace as well. That was the other thing which I sometimes think we think we have to go all in or nothing. And I think you do have to put a stake in the ground and you have to think this is what I'm doing. You have to tell people that's what you're doing. But equally, you can also dictate the pace a little bit as well. If you want to go super fast, you can find ways of doing that. If you want to go a bit slower, you can do that as well. And I'm curious, you know, obviously we, me, us, can go to LinkedIn Learning and, and watch your course, but where do you go to learn? Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh like, my goodness. I know where we go to find you, but where do you <laughs> where do I go? Your oh, learning. Yeah, so tons of reading. I mean, I'd love to show you my office floor. It's There's piles of books everywhere. Um so I mean, and they're in piles as well um, of like what needs to be read first and topics and what have you. Um, so tons and tons of reading. Um, LinkedIn learning, I use all the time, especially because you can listen to it on the go. So I kind of use it sometimes a bit like a podcast as well. So I use a course, like I'll be listening on the, when I'm commuting or exercising or driving. 
Um, is there a course you've listened to recently that you're like, this was awesome? There is. So I really love this two course on resilience. So I've got one of them and, and there's another course. So mine's building resilience. There's enhancing resilience as well, which is really cool. So don't just like, if you're going to check out LinkedIn learning, like put the word in that you're searching for and check mm -hmm. out all the stuff that comes up. Um, yeah, like I've got, I've always got like tons of, and I believe there might be a brand new course that might have launched this week. I haven't yet had the chance to watch. <laughs> I'm very excited. So Kim has launched a brand new LinkedIn learning course this week, I believe. It was in my email it's update. It's true. It's on bootstrapping. So I haven't even watched it. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but the thought of watching myself or hearing my own voice is I have to forcefully do it because I want to cringe oh, every it's time. It's I awful. It. I wish I could get someone to do it for me. And I kind yeah. of do i have to admit there's one course i haven't actually watched which is really naughty um but i get my husband to do the first year but he i mean what's he ever gonna say he's never gonna be like oh my god that's terrible tell them to take it down he's gonna be like yeah it's great it was wonderful and you're like Whew. it's so hard so hard watching but it's also you know we we're talking about that uncomfortable pushing yourself growing from it like the only way you're going to get better like all of us at that stuff is by watching it and be like oh I do that thing or oh maybe I should be a bit more like this or a bit more like that and, and also watch other courses as well which is what I do to get see people's different styles because obviously you want to be yourself but I'm like oh are there any other ideas out there um but it's so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable and I almost wish there was a way I know that um some people were talking about their kids and stuff I wish there was a way to teach kids to like, like your own voice or be okay with watching yourself. Cause it seems to be a universal truth that no one likes it. I actually have never met someone who's like, and you read these interviews with these really big stars like Hugh Jackman or, or, or Tom Cruise. And they'll talk about how they never watch their own movie. You know, they'll get done watching mission impossible. They'll go to the premiere, the movie starts, they leave. Like they don't actually watch themselves on the screen. And I, like, and I can remember back in the day when we used to have voicemails, like on house yeah. phone. Yeah. And you'd hear your own voice and be like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, turn that off. I know. Record another one. I don't know if it's voices. I think we sound different to how we think we sound in our heads. Um, I, do you know what I find hard about LinkedIn learning courses is they're so slick and so professional and I'm not always like that. Well, I'm very rarely like that in my normal life. So when I watch them, it, like part of it almost doesn't feel like me either. I'm like, oh, who is that person um, who knows what they're talking about and, and right. doesn't, because they're re-recorded. You know, you do something wrong, you record it again, it's not live mm -hmm. um, and it's slick. Like, and that's not my normal life. And I sometimes feel a bit like, oh god like is that actually me is that I, I don't know like I feel like it's not day to day um I think I find that bit quite hard as well and also just like and also we know ourselves in other situations so I also think watching that stuff you know that's not me in the middle of the night when one of the kids is up screaming or shouting or no. eating or whatever but it's not me when I'm you know popping to the going to the gym first thing in the morning and it's still got bits of last night's makeup on and what have you. It just was like such so removed from my world sometimes. Well, that's why I, I really like on LinkedIn as well as other social media platforms, following people that are real, that I feel mm -hmm. like are not so slick and, and that are relatable. And also that I learn from, like if I can get a little tidbit, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn, like I love that. So, and I know that you had sent me some newsletters that you subscribe to, and we can include those in the show notes, but I'm curious if there's anybody, whether again, on Instagram or Twitter or whatnot, that you follow that you're like, I love learning from this person. Like these little tidbits are so great. My favorite people to learn from on LinkedIn in particular are other LinkedIn learning authors, because mm -hmm. obviously that's what we all do for a job. Like we all yeah. like, create stuff to help people. That's basically what we all do. And I think even when we're not creating LinkedIn learning courses, we're still creating. And I, that's what I love. I love like little videos, tips, quotes. Um, so if anyone has like any favorite instructors and you don't follow them yet on LinkedIn, I totally would. Because um, that's why I pick up loads of like little tips. And, and do you know what the funny thing is? It's not, it's not necessarily the high profile 
people on LinkedIn, for example, that no. I find most interesting. And quite a while I'll unfollow them after a while. Um, it's actually people who actually know their stuff and, and want to create stuff and content to help people. So that, yeah, that actually in the business. So going back to like your earlier point to bring up full circle, like you, this is science. Like you're a clinical psychologist. You're not like a motivational rah, rah, where there's no science behind it. Like, mm -hmm. I think that that's also helpful that, you know, you're learning from someone that's actually like doing the work or, or, or actually qualified to speak on it. Oh my God. It's so important in general and particularly in the world of resilience, because what I found in the world of resilience, I always get asked like, who should I look at? What should I watch? That kind of stuff. And there's kind of two worlds that I've seen um, with any kind of resilience training or coaching or content. Um, and there's people who are academics who know their stuff inside out, but can't translate that for normal people. Like I class myself as a normal person. I'm like a normal person first, then a psychologist. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the other end of the scale where people who might have had major challenges themselves that they've overcome or amazing things they've accomplished but that doesn't always translate to everyone and it is a very specific situation so it's really hard to find because I get asked about books all the time for resilience and there's not many in fact there's one that I kind of like um but there's not I mean you get don't get me wrong I get bits from all of them but yeah. it's finding that scientific so you know it's got the scientific background you know it's kind of tried and tested but you don't need to know what paper that was in you don't need to go into that level of academia but it needs to be relatable and accessible for everyone and I think that's where that's what's really hard and again that's kind of where the resilience edge came from because all this stuff that was coming out designed to help people in all fairness you know intentions are good I'm sure um a lot of it just wasn't great uh for like for both those reasons it was you know, either personal experience or just too scientific. So um, I think that's the key is like knowing that you're learning from someone who knows the topic really well, like isn't it, but they know the science behind it, but also they're just normal and relatable and yeah. can translate it. Like I feel like I'm a bit of a translator sometimes. Like mm -hmm. I take all that complicated stuff that's something, you know, it takes me lots of times reading a paper to decipher what it's actually saying. Um, but then I'm like, right, okay, I get it. It's this, this, and this. I'm like, right, okay, we can translate that into something that we can actually use. Right. It's like usable. Totally. Big difference. Mm -hmm. No, they, and thank God you're translating that for all of us because God knows I don't want to do it. So I, I appreciate that. And because I'm almost, almost done with my tea, we've reached like the speed round questions of, okay. our, of our time. Um, Okay, so this is one that I love, and I feel like you're going to have the best answer for this. What is the best thing that you have started either using lately or doing lately that you love? Maybe it's like waking up earlier, or maybe it's a certain app that you downloaded, but what is something that you're like, this is a game changer? So... I'm not a fan of waking up earlier. I used to be in the old days and then I had children and they wake up really early. So my waking up early is not fun. I know it's a hot topic, like the 5 a.m. club and what have you. And literally I read it and I'm like, yeah, I'm part of the 5 a.m. club, not our choice. Um, right. So that's not one of my things. Um, even though I am quite an early, but I, I do work better in the morning. Um, gratitude, I have to practice quite a lot. And I think I've got a lot more into it. I've got way more into it. There's various apps out there and I've, I've tried a few of them and they, they're all pretty much the same, to be honest. They can help. Um, but I have to really, really focus. So when things get a little bit crazy, um, which obviously, you know, my home and work life have massively collided um, over last year. Um, and also my youngest is a year old. So we're still in that kind of real baby phase as well. Um, I have to sometimes really like take a rest, take a break, stop um, and practice gratitude and just be like, right, what are three things that are, are good? Even in this, you know, and it kind of sets me up for the day as well, because I think if you start the day off thinking about, oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I don't want to do this, and this is crazy, and I've been up since five, and I didn't want to be, and I've got such a busy day, I can't do that, and then think, and then do that. I just think you get yourself, me personally, in this spiral. Um, so gratitude works really well for me. And I'm like, actually, things aren't so bad. And yeah, there's some challenging things going on. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I've, I've got a lot to be very grateful for. So it kind of reframes my thinking. I found that right. super That's an easy one we can do, I think. Certainly. 
so Sounds easy good. and really good with kids as well I know we talked a little bit about kids today if you can yeah. get kids that as well really good oh that's a good one too okay what's the what's the best gift that you've given yourself or or done for yourself this past year um so in the old days it used to be going to a spa that was my favorite thing in the world to chill out and stuff obviously you can't necessarily do that in the same way at the moment um so the best gift I've given myself is to stop doing some of the work that I don't want to do and prioritize rest when I say prioritize I'm still squeezing it in um but I'm not feeling guilty if there's a day that I don't work and I don't work full-time I look after the girls um my little girls at least one day a week in the week and obviously the weekend sometimes two days in the week um and I don't feel guilty like taking time and I've had to quite quite brutally say no to some work as well that doesn't fit with what I want to do or where I'm going or and I used to feel so obliged to do stuff and obviously because I want to because I do want to help as well and I'd be like well I could just do that and it's not that big a deal and but these things end up taking ages so my biggest gift to myself has been to say no um where I need to where I feel like I need to and not feel guilty about rest if I need it oh those are I need to pick one of those or maybe both of those up because those are really powerful and and so strong uh okay so what what's one thing you need more of in your life right now um honestly and I say it's probably the same for lots of people I'd guess probably a bit of self-kindness where things don't go to plan or I feel like I'm behind or I'm not quite sure what I'm doing or you know you'd be running around you don't really know where you're going um I can be quite self-critical because I want to achieve this and I want to create that and I want to and sometimes I've committed to stuff as well and I think sometimes you just need to be a bit kind and be like do you know what and I actually say this to myself after my head, I'm trying my best. We're all trying our best. Like, I'm trying my best. And sometimes it's not right. Sometimes it's actually wrong. Not just not right, it's actually the wrong thing to do. But I am trying. And I think I've had to get a bit better. But I, I need to do way more of that. Like, way more for the rest of this year and next year. If you could have, like, one lesson that you could distribute to all young people... So like 18 and younger, what would the one lesson that, that or takeaway would you give them? Um, don't be afraid of challenges. And you will come across things that you think are going to break you. And sometimes you do feel like that, but you can't avoid challenges. So running away from them and trying to avoid it is actually a false economy because you can't. It's going to, you know, we all face challenges at one point or another, but just don't be afraid of them before they happen and don't actively put yourself in a situation where you're avoiding stuff and it can hinder you in other ways because you will find ways you'll find the resources within you you might need a bit of help but you can find the resources within you to, to to deal with challenges and to overcome obstacles um so just don't be afraid of challenge i'm not saying you have to go seek them out but just don't be afraid of them like you'll 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 figure it out and you'll have people around you potentially that will help you figure it out no, I, I love that. And then for all of us, if you could, we've been cheating off your homework this entire time. So if you could give us some, some homework, what is one thing that everyone here, so me and Mark and, uh, you know, everyone who's part of today, Richard, Nick, Tom, et cetera, that we should do this week? It could be try a certain food or read a book or a TV show or, but what's one thing we should all do this week? Um, something for yourself. So it could be anything. It could be go to the gym, go for a run, have some rest, read a book, watch some rubbish TV, just something for yourself that you don't feel guilty about. No, I, I love that. And I feel like this is exactly what we all needed to hear that sort of permission to rest and permission to have a guilty a guilty pleasure moment uh, for ourselves it's it's so needed and i so appreciate you joining us and giving us all of your tips and wisdom if people want to keep learning from you or accessing resources that you were talking about earlier where is the best place that they should be doing that um two places are the easiest linkedin so you can follow me on LinkedIn um, and Instagram because both of those places I will 
announce any new stuff like the 10 days of resilience, for example. Okay, great. Perfect. So everyone, if you haven't already, you know, do a little click, press the little follow button, uh, because I know when those 10 days come out, we are all going to be eagerly trying those because it sounds like I'm hoping at least like four or five will work. I'm going for like a 50% success rate. That's the plan. No, I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining in. Everybody, next week, we also have an amazing female founder, Jess Ekstrom. She's a LinkedIn learning instructor as well uh, with her business, Headbands for Hope, and her podcast, Business on the Bright Side. So definitely something you want to join next week. But thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. You, and thank you for everyone that joined. Thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting. I love it. Well, everybody have a great rest of the week. Bye. See ya. Whew, that was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.